You're listening to the Hello CS Dorsey podcast, your one-stop shop for all things motivating while on your entrepreneur journey. Feeling stuck in your business or don't know where to start? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Listen to some of the leading women in today's industry who have been there before to help guide you on your path. Now, here's your host and self-taught web designer, CS Dorsey. Welcome to another episode of the Hello CS Dorsey podcast. I have Teresa here from Daringly Great Leadership. Um, <laughs> she is here to help us um, with what is going on right now, how to basically pivot during this time. Right now, it is during the time of COVID-19 and a lot of people are feeling stuck in their business and, you know, not sure if they should actually start a business during this time. So mm-hmm. Teresa is here and she is going to give us all the details on her businesses and how she started and how she started a new business during this time. So welcome, Teresa. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to share the roller coaster adventures of all the things (laughs) and want to be an ultimate encouragement for anyone who is feeling stuck right now or feeling like you you have this sort of this like kind of inkling of wanting to start something or wanting to change something right now is in terms of business i'm going to tell you if god is on it this is the kairos time to do it so that's a little preview I love it. (laughs) Okay, so before we get into all of the details, could you tell everyone who you are and what you do? Mm -hmm. So my name is Teresa Kwan, the founder and CEO of Daringly Great Leadership. I provide business growth strategy consulting as well as leadership coaching. And I kind of do the two because my background is really... Gosh, 26 years of working from everything from mom and pop startups, uh, small business entrepreneurs, nonprofits. I even did ministry, working in government, higher ed, corporate, doing Fortune 100 and like continue to grow in all of, I don't know, all the doors that God opened for me and being able to advise leaders and being able to really make change and do it, do it really well, like do it excellently. And I have combined all the 26 years and just pull it down to make it super simple and make it really aligned. And to be honest, like a hundred percent God aligned with your design, with your purpose and the vision that God wants to co-create with you here on earth. And so I provide that kind of consulting and coaching. And it's been such a pleasure being able to help people birth businesses, be able to refine their businesses, pivot them, and really explode them. Okay, so I'm going to go off the cuff here. So <laughs> yeah, what, <let's> go. <laughs> what is the craziest business that you've ever heard that you've helped with? Oh my gosh. I've had some crazy businesses that I've helped with. Ooh, I guess like what depends on your definition of crazy, huh? What like, what's the crazy title? And what is something that you was like, I wouldn't think to even like start a business out of XYZ. Mm. <laughs> right. No, that's really great. Okay. So um, I've worked with businesses pretty much everything, but anything that's like super controversial or lurid. like I, I won't work with anything that violates my values. Oh, here's one. Um, and I didn't actually work directly with this person, but this person is a colleague of mine. So, you know, we advise each other, but she started a canning business like how to can 
uh, beans and how to can <laughs> apricots and pickles and things like that. And she made a seven figure business out of that. Seriously? See, seven figures. That's the reason why I'm trying, to grow, I'm trying to grow beans outside right now. And <laughs> I do not have a green mm-hmm. thumb at all. They're all dead. <laughs> oh no yeah but like I mean to me I was like you are making seven figures off of what like that (laughs) I just you know uh, it just seems like one of those things that you just like no I can't really make money off of that or no no one's gonna buy a course on that or an ebook on that and I mean if someone can make seven figures off of a canning course I'm gonna tell you whatever idea you're sitting on whatever piece of brilliance you think that you are, is just really dismissible. I'm going to tell you, you're sitting on a gold mine and, um, you know, intellectual property, which is what basically what that is. If you know how to do something really well, or if there's something that someone asks you all the freaking time, how to do, or if there's something that you're just like, Oh my gosh, what? That's just, that's a no brainer. This is what you do. Boom, boom, boom. You're probably sitting on some intellectual property that can be easily packaged and sold and can very much grow into a very sustainable business that helps you quit your job. I agree with you 100%. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. tell us something about yourself that most people do not know. My goodness. Okay. Well, there's quite a lot of that most people don't know. And that has a lot to do with the fact that I'm an introvert. So um, what's one? Um, I think one of the things I haven't surfaced very much recently is that I have a first degree black belt in Taekwondo and I used to be an instructor. And not only that, like before I broke my foot, I was actually on my, on the path to the Olympics. Really? <laughs> yes. That is amazing. That was a long time ago. No. Well, thank you. I mean, still, that's still amazing. I mean, to accomplish, you know, something like that or be on the path. I mean, you know, even if you didn't get there, just the thought of being on that road to, Mm -hmm. you know, to go. I think that is Mm -hmm. amazing in itself. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel really blessed like that. Some of it is just sheer determination and my perfectionism, I'm sure. But, but I also believe that like, there are so many doors that have been flung open for me that I could not have done by my own, by myself. Like, and there was always a reason and purpose for it. So, so yeah, so that's a fun fact. I, that was quite a long time ago, but, um, but yeah. That's amazing. So we are going to get into the wonderful, wonderful nitty gritty details of how to start a business and how you started a business during this time that they say is uncertain, but I think it's certain (laughs) during COVID-19. So let's talk about the, so you have a total of three business and you started one of the businesses during this time. So let's walk through that and um, let's talk about how you took action in starting this business. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, so this is my third business. I uh, recently, four weeks ago to be exact. So right when we started all the sheltering in place is when I opened my third business and co-founded it with my husband. My second business is actually my consulting coaching business that I just mentioned before. 
and my first business was actually 12 years of uh, corporate consulting, government, you know, et cetera, working with like the UN and startup founders and things. So this is my third business. Now, to give you a little context of how and why uh, this third business came to be, it really goes back to the story of my husband and I. So long story short, we started a gluten-free delivered bake shop. You know, everybody, just like everybody else, when everyone was uh, freaking out about losing, <laughs> not having enough toilet paper because everybody bought it, um, we were, we, you know, we were pretty calm, you know, and said, oh, well, why don't we just go get some basics, right? Like we, we need to get some basics and just hunker down and we like to cook anyway. So let's do that. And when we went, it was very interesting uh, to find that not only were the paper goods areas, those uh, aisles completely like bare, the other aisles that were bare, if you guys remember, maybe it's only Austin, Texas, but was the bread aisle and the yeast aisle, like any place with flour and yeast, breads, like basically these staples were basically gone from every store and all the Facebook groups were saying like, ah, where can I find yeast or who has flour? Can I borrow some flour? Now take that and multiply that by 10 or a hundred because I'm gluten-free. In fact, I'm celiac. And my husband and I were like, well, okay, well, I guess we can make some at home because we actually do have some gluten-free stuff like mixes and things. Cause my husband is a chef and started making like some staples at home we found other people saying like, oh, can anyone find any gluten-free stuff? You know, right about that time, my husband had been laid off because of COVID-19. He is a sushi chef. He also was a pastry chef for four years prior to that. And a little bit more context, part of our dating story is that, you know, he learned how to bake because, and like really well, especially gluten-free because when we were dating, he didn't realize it couldn't have all that good stuff. And he made it his mission, just on a personal note, to make delicious, moist, soft, springy, you know, flaky, fluffy, all the things that gluten-free is not usually described as donuts, cakes, cookies, breads, etc., pizza, whatever. And he just started developing these recipes on the side as his own kind of love offering to me. And so fast forward back to COVID-19, about four weeks ago, he'd been laid off and we were like looking for, you know, we were like, oh, let's just make some bread at home. And we realized, wait a second, if we're having this problem, then other people are having this problem. So what if we helped solve the problem? And so we put it actually out, you know, I, I asked my, I'm in a mastermind, asked the ladies in my mastermind, asked us some good friends and they were like, oh, totally. Like we always drool over everything your husband makes for you. Why don't you offer that to um, other gluten-free years in Austin? And we started with our neighborhood. I mean, I'm going to fast forward when we can come back um, to the steps, but we started in our neighborhood. We basically popped open a, a cottage business. Um, so there's like usually, depending on your state, most states have a category for uh, like a home-based business. Like if you can do pickled goods and, you know, baked goods and et cetera, it's a cottage-based business that delivers doorstep delivery with contactless um, payment of gluten-free goods, like a limited menu. So here we are four weeks later and, you know, our next week's goal is $1,500, so in four weeks, we popped open a business and we're making $1,500 okay. a week. <laughs> $1,500 per week. And 
pretty much all you guys did was just took action and did it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, albeit strategic action. And one of the things that I do specialize in, I just have a knack for it, is like finding the sweet spot and knowing how to start a business in a small, lean way. And a lot of this comes from being in the startup world. A lot of this comes from having uh, worked in nonprofits where scrappy is like, you know, the best skill you can have. And then in addition, I come from an entrepreneur family. So my family ran a family business um, and I come from, I'm not going to deny this because, you know, recently I had to think about it and to say thanks is that I come from three generations on both sides of my family of entrepreneurs. So there's something in my blood <laughs> that knows how to find a sweet spot, uh, get that Kindle going and start growing a fire that in four weeks we are, you know, not only making 1500, we're profitable and we're only working like, Oh, I don't know, two and a half days a week. I would love to work two and day, two and a half days per week. I mean, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> give me a day and a half. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, it's been such a godsend because it's been restorative for our marriage. It's been restorative for his body because working 13 hour shifts as a sushi chef, really rough on his body, you know, during sheltering in place, we've been grateful because we're both, both actually really high risk. You know, I don't really don't need him to be out and about right now. So we've been so grateful. It's kind of like, wow, thank you, God. Like it sucks for him to lose his job. And he felt that blow to his ego, but it's resurrect. It's given us the ability to resurrect a dream that he's really had for so long. <laughs> and like for us to be able to have some financial input and creativity and, um, and the rest in between. You know, sometimes things have to happen to basically push you to where God mm -hmm. wants you to be. And mm -hmm. he knows our our hearts and our minds. It's like, and he also know, you know, where we want to be, you mm -hmm. know, as far as like our dreams and our goals and everything. I don't think that, well... I could ask you this. Do you think that your husband would actually do it if this had not happened? If COVID-19 would have had not happened, he been laid off. Yeah, no. I mean, it would have been a while. We talk about it a lot and we've tried it as a side gig a few years ago. And it was just, you know, I was in a different role. I wasn't working for myself. I was working in a startup, working 80 hours a week. I had my consulting business on the side, you know if it was a half a million business, then I was pretty busy, you know? So I really didn't have the bandwidth to help manage and kickstart his business. And he was working 13 hour shifts, you know? And that was basically our life for like years. If COVID-19 hadn't really disrupted everything and made us pause and really think about being open to opportunity rather than thinking about what we've lost, I think that's been a big key for us is that every time something has happened, like, you know, we, we go, okay, well, where's God in this? You know, this may be the disappointment right now, but it's really his appointment for the path and the door he wants to open for us. And that truly, truly has been our posture. And, you know, I, th I do believe too, like there is definitely, you need to have space to grieve and to be sad for the losses and you not, know, we said 48 hours, you have 48 hours to like, 
you know, kick things and, you know, raise your fist at God and have your moments and let's have a cry and let's, you know, but after 48 hours, we need to look at what is next. Because I really don't believe that God ever means to just put us in a lurch, in a ditch, in a hole. Um, I think about Joseph and how, you know, if you think about it, if you are Joseph and your, your brothers just beat you up, threw you in a pit, for left for dead, then sold you into slavery, you probably would think that your life is over. And yet, that was a big part of his story that has absolutely like really truly shaped an entire civilization, including his family and a prophetic, you know, prophetic things that were laid in place for that, from that story. And so I think about that and I'm like, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah, it sucks to be laid off from a job. It sucks to lose income. It sucks that all the stuff like this happening with COVID-19, I personally felt the, the heaviness of the grief and, you know, not of just what's happening globally and the losses that are happening, etc. I've even had my points of why God, uh, but I always know he has a plan and it really is just about being in a posture and being in a place of faith and leaning back into your promises, right? Promises are really truly like, and I love this part. I love this teaching. I've heard it so many times, but you know, like they say that um, conifer trees, like their little seedlings that they don't release from the pine cones until there is heavy heat, like intense heat. And so a lot of the forest fire uh, like process is really God's way of releasing seeds from the conifer, the cones, so that they can breathe new life. And that's the only, that kind of intense heat is what cracks open that seed. And there's nothing else that will crack open that seed for new life to happen. And so whenever I'm in this place of like, oh no, like, I mean, I've just lost everything or like I've been fired from a job, definitely happened to me. I've um, lost a parent. I've, you know, completely like had been completely robbed. Um, all, all these points of absolute destitution, I have to cling to the promises that God has for me. And those, some of those promises may need the fire to crack open and release the seed for new life to happen. And that new life is not going to look the same as the old life. And so this is what, you know, this is the promise that we looked to. And we're like, what are our hopes and dreams? What were the dreams that God put into our heart? And the dream that he put into our heart was it's a practical one. Make bread, <laughs> you know? And so symbolic too, because like when we make bread, and I'm talking about my, the gluten-free business piece, um, it is so personal mission driven uh, because a lot of it is like he and I were both foodies. That's part of what brought us together. He and I really have such a deep love for sitting across the table and breaking bread with people. He and I both love communion. And when a gluten-free person or anyone with kind of some kind of food intolerance cannot share from the same bowl, from the same bread, cannot even take communion there's like a brokenness there. And like our mission has his mission and my mission and our mission has always been about one table, one bread. And so it's funny because it's like, God had to stop the spinning crazy, right? Of our rat race of our lives and put us in a pit 
to help us remember some dreams, AKA promises that he had for us, give us the fire to crack open that seed. And like in this Kairos time, oh my gosh, prophetically right now we're in a Kairos season. In the Kairos season, everything happens at a hundred X speed. So if you want to birth a business, this is time. So that's what happened in a hundred X, literally in our first week, all I did was do a post and I mean, I think our first week was, I mean, cause a lot of people were supporting us. Like we were bawling every day when the order came in and we made $1,400 in our kickoff week. It was just insane though. And I'm like, there, there was only one reason for that. And that's because God, that was because God had given implanted his promises in us that have, that were dreams. And he's given us this fire, this COVID-19 time and whatever I, there are promises. I'm going to tell you promises and dreams. He is buried in your heart. And this is the time to be, be still and know that he is God. And he is using this fire. You can, you can either get in the way or you can let this fire crack open that seed, that promise plant it in the ground and let you create something from nothing, which is his creation story. And I'm sorry, just kind of like went there, went off. <laughs> but like, you know, I want to say like, truly, truly, it's not by our efforts. It's not because we had some brilliant marketing scheme. It's not because we had a website because we don't. It's not because we had anything really in place. It's seriously because we leaned into his promises. We leaned into God and we clung to what we know is true and we took action. That's right. You stepped out on faith, not knowing what the outcome was going to be, but you guys stepped out anyway. I think that's beautiful. And let's talk more about you not having a website, you guys not having all the fancies, because I'm all about mm-hmm. getting fancy pants later. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. that's been my theme this whole, so far this whole year. Start mm-hmm. now and get fancy pants later. So let's, let's rewind, let's take a step back and let's talk about how you, the steps that you guys took. So you, all you did was first you made the product <laughs> and then. Okay. No, we didn't. Oh, first we didn't make the product. Oh, yeah, I know. You want to go there? Go back even further, (laughs) man. Yeah, no, truly, truly. Um, so like you know, a lot of this is a blend between, like, yes, there is absolutely about is there's a faith process, and you know, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. So start with the why is going to be absolutely key to any success. So starting with the why is like, why? And that's why I shared with you, this is what we, as my husband and I together are super passionate about. And it's so tied down into our values and our principles and how we live out life, which is why I believe there's such fire on it. Right. And so I think, so at the very beginning, it's really start with the why. If you've watched or read, if you've read, start with the why or watched at least Simon Sinek's video of start with the why, there are three concentric circles, and this is going to parallel part of the workbook that I'm going to share with you in a little bit, but start with the why is like, who are you? Like I go a little further and I go into identity. It's like, who are you? Like, and how are you created? How are you wonderfully made and um, makes you distinct and unique quirks and all? And why do you exist is the next. And if you move from why to then 
how you move and breathe and how you like address your why, then comes your what. Um, and so that was a super big way to put it, but you know, it follows the very steps that I advise my clients through. I've advised, you know, multi-billion dollar companies through developing new products or shifting away to pivoting different products. How I've advised organizations also to whether, you know, whether or not they need to close something down or pivot and start something new, but you need to start with your why. And I think a lot of people start backwards. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way the world works. So the world says, ever since we were little, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? How much money are you going to make? Oh, you can't do that. You can't, you know, you don't want to be an artist. You want to be a doctor. Don't you want to be a lawyer or an engineer? Software engineer is really good. Why? Because we tie it to money. So, you know, I think that society teaches us a very backwards way of addressing things in terms of our own journey of like how we find validity and a place in this earth and a purpose and etc. And um, I'm bringing all this to light because a lot of businesses or a lot of startup businesses, a lot of companies will always start with the what is also backwards. I think that's detrimental because, you know, one of the things um, I can't remember who it was, but there's a podcast called Y Combinator. It's an accelerator, startup accelerator, but there was a podcast episode and, and I love this one line. Can't remember who it was that said it, so I apologize. But um, it's a simple and common fact that if you have a product and you're just trying to pedal it and like match it to a problem, then you're going backwards and you're never going to succeed. The people who succeed, especially in the startup realm and in any kind of business, is they start with the problem. And deeper then is start with the why. And so, no, you don't want to start with a product. You really want to start with identity. And then you want to start with the why, which is your purpose. You line those stars up and you start to identify and like just naturally you're going to burn about things that are a problem. And some things are practical like us, bread, you know, gluten-free bread, super practical, but it all lined up with our why and our who. So you want to start with your, your identity and your why, then you want to find the problem that just grates on you. <laughs> like, for example, Sarah Blakely, I mean, her story is what she just wanted to be able to wear white pants and not have a panty line. Okay. So like she, she started an entire business empire on that. Why? And she was like, it doesn't have to be this way. Why does it, why does it have to be this way? And she, then she started developing a product and she started peddling that product because it solved the problem. And the reason why it sells is because it solves the problem. And then she's also has branding and testimonials and all that stuff. And that's all the fancy fluff later. So you got to start with a problem. And some of those problems, maybe you've already solved like that. That's the stuff that I'm saying, like you kind of dismiss already. You're thinking, oh, people already know that. Or like you can Google that. Or like there's so many books on that. Or like people already do courses on that. Or, you know, like why don't people, don't listen, everybody know that? Like that's the stuff that you, the problems you've already solved. But you started with the problem, you see. And then you found a solution. And your solution is your then becomes potentially your product. So for us, our problem was can't find gluten-free bread. <laughs> we had another problem. Oh, we need more income. 
<laughs> and we had to solve that. And we solved it with, hey, well, we can make some pretty darn good gluten-free breaded products, baked products. I'm pretty sure somebody else wants some too. Let's test that. So that's the next step. So you want to be able to find something that can test. But the way we started it was by a test. And um, I'll tell you a little story of how Dropbox started. Um, so I don't know if you know, I, do you have a Dropbox? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm pretty sure the world mostly has a Dropbox, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, did you know, do you know how they started Dropbox? No, I don't. Okay. Well, the way they started Dropbox was that there were a bunch of guys and gals probably sitting around a break room and they're complaining about how they kept losing their little USB drives, the little thumb drives. Um, and how the, or there's not enough space on the drum or they get confused. There's so many thumb drives to like, you know, which one is it? And then they started pontificating and ideating and saying, wouldn't it be awesome if there was just this one place that you can store all your stuff, kind of like a hard drive, but you can access from anywhere. So you don't have to like bite size down three megabyte, three gigabyte drives. And so then they started saying, yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, access from anywhere. You can do it behind a password, blah, blah, blah. They started doing it and they said, oh, well, why don't we test it? Let's see if, you know, anybody else thinks this is a good idea. And so they cobbled together all a list of email list of all the people they knew. And they sent out an email and the email said this, what if there was like one place where you can unlimited storage and you can access from anywhere in the world. In fact, you can even share it without like blah, 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 and be on a password and yeah, 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 yeah. When would you be interested? If so, click here, click. The next page says, that's great because we love this idea too. In fact, we're going to develop it. We put this idea, we put this email out there because we wanted to see if anybody else would like it. If there's enough people who want to do it, meaning put your email here to be the first one of the first to beta test it, then we'll develop it. And that's how Dropbox began. I love stories like that. If mm -hmm. all it takes is, like you said, a problem and how do we resolve this solution? Some of the great things that we use on daily basis or things that's coming out is all because there was a problem. All you have to do is say, hey, this is a problem. I want to try and solve it and just take that step. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, I go back to this again, like a lot of people think you have to have a website and you have to do all these launches and these webinars and <laughs> it's mm -hmm. crazy because I'm like right in the middle of getting ready to launch my podcast project course. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I need to do this, this, this. And I'm like, well, Candace, what if you don't do that? What if you just reach out to some of the people that you know and just say, Hey, it's now open. Mm -hmm. And then just a few exactly. reminders, the cart is closing and that's it. That's it. Exactly. Maybe a hey. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> right. We don't. We don't need to complicate things. Right. You really don't. And and I think that's one of the reasons why the startup world takes off is that they use this concept of lean startup. And what I'm breaking down for you is basically lean startup. And that's what we did with our our bake shop as well. I made one. I'm in a neighborhood group. I mean, you you might be in a neighborhood group. Mm -hmm. um, I, um, I'm in a Facebook neighborhood group, and they know me. I know them. And I wrote a post and said, "Hey guys, so you know, news. My husband just lost his job. However, we're going to turn lemons into like lemons into lemonade. And we were wondering 
if anybody would be interested in ordering gluten-free baked goods, here are some things that he can make. That was it. And that post went viral. In fact, it went so viral, it went into other neighborhood posts, uh, groups, like the mom's groups and the other groups and people are like spreading word of mouth. And that's, that's all it, that's all I have done. That's how we started. 30 yeses within the first five minutes. And I was in there was like, oh my gosh, can we make an order? How do we make an order? What's your menu? Blah, 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 blah. And I just said, uh, uh, it was like a Tuesday night. And I was like, um, and I just looked at my husband. And I said, uh, I think we have a business, <laughs> we have a viable <laughs> business idea. And he's just like, oh really? And he's like, what did you do? And I was like, uh, I just kind of, and I didn't even ask him. Okay. I just like posted <laughs> I just like posted it because God said to do it. And I was like, okay, I got to post this. And I told him, I was like, well, honey, I just volunteered you as a bake shop, a bake shop chef. And he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah. And um, I think we're going to start this week. And he's like, oh, okay. What's our menu? I was like, I don't know, but they were asking for one. And we literally, and I, and all I did is wrote right back and say, oh my gosh, we can make that. We can make that. Thank you so much for your support. And I said, but in two days, I will put out a menu and we'll do a first batch order for this weekend. And so that was Tuesday night, like at midnight. And by third, and I told people, I was like, I'll have a menu for you. Give me at least 24 hours. And I posted a menu on Thursday. We got $1,500 of orders and delivered everything Saturday and Sunday. So that was less than a week. We popped open a business. Then and all, and like, I am, you know, I, I sat down with him. And when I said, okay, honey, we've tried this. And I'll tell you, we need a process. We need to simplify this. We need to streamline this. We need to have like, I was like, because we're just, it's just us in our kitchen. And I'm like, I, I don't want to take over. And we can't be a short cook, you know, like we can't be like a hundred percent scratch shop because that's not what we are. So we developed a menu. I have some graphic design skills. You know, I tried a menu a few years ago. I used the template, made it better. I wrote out our story which I've, or, you know, I've shared most of it with you, um, which basically spells out our why and introduces us. And then I share our process. This is how you order. You order by this day on a Monday night and we, we will deliver by Thursday and Friday. That's kind of like the weekly schedule. And I had basically four offerings per week. That's it. So I had a process and, I, and the order process was, I didn't even have a checkout, nothing. I said, email us your order by this day and confirm it by sending a payment to this Venmo account. And that's how we've been running for four weeks. Wow. I love it. I love it. It's so simple and it's tangible and it's doable. Mm -hmm. The steps are not like these big, long, hard steps that mm -hmm. you know a lot of the internet and a lot of you know people yep. make it out to be all you have to do is just take the step and then tell someone tell people and mm -hmm. go from there see what yes. happens from there exactly and like if i spent all that time developing a website even if i could do one in squarespace i did not spend my money on buying a url i did not do anything anything we did on the investment end on the on the front end, right. To be as professional, have like world-class customer service to be like with a smile, you know, all of that was more important in the very beginning than it was to try to do it later. So like, if we did not look like a professional bake shop, even if we're out of our own kitchen, which frankly, I mean, or, or thankfully we were, we thought ahead, we even bought this house because of this kitchen. 
because we envisioned that we would start a big shop. This is like six years ago. Okay. So God's like, it's time. And so what I did invest in, I mean, was the ingredients, the time, like, cause we were like only quality ingredients, all organic. We put in the time. We were extremely like gracious about things. We, we invested in clean packaging. So I had to like look into all that and make it super presentable. So that's where we spent our money. That's what's reaped back more than, you know, there, it was funny because like there was another woman who was laid off and she was a server and she started baking pies. She posted not long after we did, or she did before us or whatever. And she's still baking pies, but like, like now there are other um, kind of cottage businesses that are reaching out to us and asking us to collaborate because we came out of nowhere and now everybody knows our name. All it had, we, all we did <laughs> was reach, like have lean into God's promise, into our why, solved a problem, presented the problem, tested the problem, right? And we did it in a way that was organic, right? Test it with the people that trust you and know you. And then just grew from there. And we just asked people to do word of mouth. And now we're like turning into one of the bigger cottage businesses. And frankly, for me, I'm like, okay, I'm like ready to hire somebody so I can focus on my business again. But like with COVID-19, like definitely not letting anyone into my home. We're even still not sure if we would want anybody else to deliver. Cause like we're, we've always been super cautious because we're high risk. And that's part of the thing. It's like, I'm celiac. I know I'm not going to use, you know, anything that's going to get people sick, no trace ingredients. Um, I also know how important it is to not spread the virus. And we've been taking precautions since before they even started saying they, even before they did lockdown, because my husband and I are just like, yeah, we can't risk that, <laughs> you know? And that's, I think our customers know that. That's awesome. So, yeah. So all to say is like, if it's the right business and, and like, it's got your, it's fueled by your why. And like a lot of people, like they read our story and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys are so cute. Like, that sounds like such a great love story. And it is a true story too, but God's been on it clearly for a long time. Like for over a decade, he knew what was going to happen and we'll get into our story. And we just happened to say yes know, <laughs> the right time. So speaking of decades, what would you give, what advice would you give yourself 10 years ago? Wow. I feel like this last decade flew by. So I'm 44 now. So I've been 34. So 34, I was just finishing grad school and I was moving. So I moved overseas. Oh my gosh, that was 10 years ago. And that's actually how I met my husband. So what would I say? the same advice I give all my mentees and the same thing I lean into, which is this, is that if it scares the lights out of you, God's probably on it. God uses the foolish and the weak to do amazing things. When I moved overseas, um, was right after grad school, which is right after the 2008 recession. You know, I was on track to go get a PhD and all the endowments were dried up. So I got into PhD programs, but there was no fellowships. And I was told like, you know, you should wait a few years before the endowments grow back. Just go do something else. And, um, you know, I was kind of like, whoa, this was my life's plan for the next 10 years, the rest of my life. What do I do? And 
a door open for me to go start a graduate program in my discipline overseas. And I had no money because I was a starving grad student. Um, I had no home because we had to move out of our house by that point in time. Um, I had, you know, I had nothing. And, um, but I had this sense that I should go to Korea, which her and my heritage is Korean, but I was born and raised in Texas. So for me, I'm like, I don't know. I have, I don't have any family there. Um, I don't know anybody except for like somebody I met like during my travels. Um, I don't have any job prospects. I don't know anything about, you know, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. But then this door opened for me when I was working in DC um, to go help start a graduate program. And honestly, like I, I remember freaking out feeling like it was the end of the world. You know, I had no money to my name. I had my car and whatever fit in my car. Uh, and I would tell her, just do it. I mean, I ended up doing it. I'll tell you, I just bought a one-way ticket without uh, like to go to an interview within 24 hours of like leaving on my flight and no place to live, no nothing sight unseen. <laughs> And uh, I took my own advice that I would give right now, which is like, just do it. It's like when you feel that kind of level of, oh my gosh, you know, fear, then God can do some pretty incredible things. And I've seen him do that over and over when I've been up against the wall, literally stranded. And then God will tell me, go talk to that person. They're going to give you a place to sleep tonight, you know? <laughs> and I was pretty much in that situation. And it all worked out and I ended up meeting my husband over there and I ended up developing my career and working for like the UN and all this stuff um, from that one choice. So I would tell her, just do it. Like stop stressing out. Just do it. Just follow the fear. Just follow the fear. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about your, um, let's talk about your workbook that you have um, for our uh -huh. listeners. One of the things I started doing actually right before, right before the COVID stuff hit, it's like, um, so this year, um, the word like just really heard from the Lord to starting end of last year, um, to simplify everything. Um, and so I feel like God gave me a great heads up in advance of like the COVID stuff. And I'm so grateful um, but I kind of had this hashtag going and I called it slower, closer, deeper. And um, meaning like slow down, like stop being in the frenzy. Um, closer meaning like focus on the people who are the most important, like right around you, like in real life relationships. And then deeper was like, you know, go deeper into me. Um, and I was, you know, in a season of, I started some inner healing stuff. Um, I started writing books. I still have two books. I still need to finish. That's my goal for the end of summer. Um, and one of the things that started birthing from my writing is that I realized I needed to write other things, like maybe not on this specific topic, like that I was writing the book on, but like I would get these ideas and I would have to start writing them down. So I started creating this easy I guess that's what it turned into. I would end up writing these workbooks because this is what I would coach my clients through. And one of them had to do with this identity process. And I call it the identity circles framework. 
So I built out this framework and I, I alluded to it a little bit before, um, but it's four layers and the inner uh, section is like the who. It's like, who are you? Um, I know that there are a lot of people who have seen the framework that has three concentric circles, maybe even four, that talks about how to identify your sweet spot for business. Um, you know, it's a little bit like that, but different. Um, so, you know, this was really all an attempt to like, and drilling down to a workbook, what I would do to advise my mentees, like women who were doing career, I was doing career coaching with, um, others who were trying to figure out what, what, what is my niche? Like, what am I meant to do? Or what's my purpose in life? Or like, I don't, I feel dissatisfied because what I really want to do is this, but this is my job. And like, it's just, everyone was feeling misaligned. And yet every time I drew out this framework and like walked people through it, it was like everything snapped into place. And there was that unsettled feeling would go away. So I put this into a workbook so that people can walk themselves through the framework. You know, this is a workbook for people who are, yes, looking for what is your business niche? Like, what are you, what are you supposed to sell? What's your offer? Like who are you supposed to serve? Or even like, are you at a point where you're considering your career and you're looking at what you're doing now and feeling dissatisfied? Or if you're thinking, I'm curious about making a shift, or if you're feeling that misalignment, um, this is a great workbook. If you are in the, you know, age old question of like, what's my purpose? This is also a great workbook for that because I love all the things that have been written and I've probably been very influenced by them that has to do with like discovering your purpose. I feel like God gave me a download when it came to how to identify how he helps you find your purpose instead of being defined by the world. And a lot of it is because since we were very little, and I, I kind of talked about this before too, is that, you know, we are so defined by the outside in. The world says like, who are, hi, what's your name? Where are you from? And what do you do? And it's a very like, you know, oh, what's your job title or what's your job and what's your job title so that I can relate to you because that's your part of your identity. But yet a job is not your identity. And that's part of what I tease out there. And it helps people become less unsettled when it comes to like, this might be your current position for making money and why that might serve its purpose or its time, even if it may not ultimately be aligned with your entire life's purpose. So that's what the Identity Circles Framework is. And that's the workbook that I'm sharing with your listeners. Awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> so where can everyone find you? Uh -huh. So I am on all the socials under daringly great or daringly great leadership on instagram so if you really want to get in touch with me i would love to like do dms voice notes whatever i'm definitely on instagram you know with the covid stuff i've definitely taken this lower closer deeper um even more so and as an introvert, <laughs> I've been, you know, there are times I'm active and times I'm not active, but usually I'm pretty like prolific there. I'm always sharing parts about my life, things I think about, what I'm reading, um, and even tips about leadership and business. So yeah, so reach out to me on Daringly Great Leadership, at Daringly Great Leadership on Instagram. Um, otherwise, daringlygreat.com or daringlygreat on all the other socials. 
Awesome. And we'll definitely add those and link those in the show notes so everyone can uh, find you right away. Well, I'm so happy that you joined our podcast today. It was a real treat and I really love all the steps and everything that you share with our listeners on today. I'm really excited about this. I'm actually going to work on implementing it the way you did it myself. (laughs) Because yeah, you know, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. I actually was thinking about the Nextdoor app and I was like, should I post something on there about what I'm doing? And I'm like, you know what? What is it going to hurt? So go ahead and do it. <laughs> exactly. And or like, I bet you, you can make a list of at least 20 people you know, or even on your personal Facebook page and just put it out there. And all you're putting out there is, would anybody be interested in that is like the like think go back to Dropbox. They did not make anything. They didn't even sketch out anything. All they did was cobble together a list of all the people they knew and wrote an email, one email that said, Would you be interested in this? That was it. And then like a simple CTA. And all, you know, you could say hit reply or comment below or drop me an emoji or you know, whatever that like a really simple no-brainer thing and you don't even have to have anything else in place you can say like oh my gosh this is great let me get back to you which is what i did with the menu that's awesome i love it so much thank you so much for being on today and i hope you have a wonderful day thank you thank you for having me i look forward to what your little lean startup is going to be We hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember to subscribe to get the latest episodes and more. Head over to hellocsdorsey.com to subscribe. And remember, nothing is impossible. So make the impossible possible and take action today. We'll see you next time.